0: going
1: on uh nothing much just sitting here in my pj's pj's drinking I, tea yeah sitting i got my with cup you. of
0: tea chai tea what do you what tea do you have
1: it's green tea it's just yeah I'm well good. rock
0: on i'm sorry we're talking about tea here this is fantastic <laughs> listening
1: so funny little story today uh I, I know i already told you earlier but i kind of want the listeners to know that uh all two of you <laughs> We just have really cute children just to let y'all know. We have a 2-year-old, Oliver, and then a 4-month-old, Josephine. Uh and Ollie was really funny today. He made himself a little obstacle course <laughs> in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> he was doing flips and stuff
1: <laughs> while I was like while I was getting dinner ready it was really funny he's just he's so good at entertaining himself i love it and it's just really funny to watch um but yeah he like he got a huggies diaper box box um and was just like sitting on the sl- side of it like sliding using it as a slide <laughs> and then he would like climb over the broomstick and like over the ball and slide down the box (laughs) just like
0: I wonder if it's because we watch American Ninja Warrior
1: oh probably I wonder
0: if he's like making his own little like (laughs) ninja course
1: that would totally be our son we should make
0: him like a little two year old salmon ladder
1: (laughs) that would be interesting to watch
0: oh man that's awesome I love that kid (laughs) dang
1: Really That's, cute. So cool. yeah.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. I have a couple things to address about our last episode. I'm going to try and get better, but I noticed last time it sounded like, I don't know, I I generally tend to think of my voice or myself in general as a bit more expressive and somewhat, like, basically the last episode, I think I sounded unenergetic. Like, yeah on the one hand i think i was tired because we were outside the other thing is that we generally do this podcast while our kids are asleep well yeah so if we're kind of quiet that's why it's not well actually no it might be that we're tired i don't know it's not (laughs) that we're (laughs) uninterested that's what i mean to say we're not uninterested so please don't take it that way um and, and I'm trying to sound a little bit more normal to me, a little bit more energetic. Yeah, we record in our wake up
1: kitchen Josephine. and yeah, Josie's like sleeping like six feet away from us. So yeah, that's why we're, we're a little quiet. A little quiet.
0: I mean, she's she's good about sleeping. Like she will sleep through all these fits sometimes.
1: Sometimes, yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. I'm. I'm that's just, you know, I re listen to our first episode a ton of times just for fun. Well, actually, probably the first 10 minutes a ton of times and then- What a narcissist. Thing or, yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm like picking out things that I'm just like, oh, that's weird. And that brings me to my I other point. I like
1: listening to myself. Oh, I just don't like dang. the way that I sound.
0: But you did like multiple times I heard you listening.
1: No, I listened to it once through.
0: Just once? I thought you started again. No. No, you just subscribed multiple times. Okay. Well, then you are slightly less narcissistic than I am.
1: <laughs> I just don't like, I don't like listening to my own voice. Like, no. it, it's the same when I record music, like when I record myself singing, like I just don't, I don't like listening to it.
0: Which is crazy because you have an amazing voice. Well, thank you. We should like make Bye. the outro of this episode, something with you on it so everyone can hear.
1: Oh, gosh. Now yeah. that's narcissistic. No,
0: it's not because you're my wife. So I can do it for you because I edit the podcasts. You don't have to take part in it at all. Oh, gosh. I mean, except what you already did. Anyways. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to note about the last podcast is I said something about that statistic for the families. And I was completely off. The statistic was that the average family spends 34 minutes of quality time together a day that's what it is it has a list 34 yeah there's there's difference there's difference between that and it was family it wasn't like one child and one parent that was just like whole family so I was way off on that sorry about that but it's still it still seems like a very small number to me but that's because we have very very small small children and because we're because you're a stay-at-home mom so like you're with them all the stinking time
1: and it's awesome
0: yeah awesome And I feel like I spend more than 34 minutes with them. You do. Hopefully. I mean, they sleep in the morning. Anyways. uh, Okay. So there were those two things. That was it.
1: That's all you wanted to talk about for this episode? Yeah, that was
0: everything. (laughs) I just wanted to talk about the last episode on this episode. Because that makes for great podcasting material.
1: No, but what did you want to talk about?
0: Okay, let's see. Um, so I've got a number of things here. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this one first
1: Ooh, because
0: okay. yeah, I know. Well, actually, you're you probably not gonna like it. it. Oh, Sorry, no. I am excited about it, but again, Does you're like it have probably something to do like with
1: it. video games or something? No,
0: it's not video games. Oh, okay, good. But it is media in general, sort okay. of. Okay. So the reason I wanted to tackle this first is because it's a little timely. So oh. when this episode airs. The new uh, movie, Stephen King's It, oh. will be out in theaters. Yeah, I, uh, see? That's, that's what I...
1: I'm not a scary movie person. So so Although the trailers that I have seen for this, I don't think are scary whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. I just don't think that a clown is scary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not the main premise of the book, is this clown going around killing people. Like, it's just this thing taking shape as a clown sometimes but i just i find that ridiculous the whole being afraid of clown things anyways go on with oh man your subject
0: and like half our listenership is just like what are you talking about clowns (laughs) suck no actually i don't think clowns are scary either but that's that's beside the point it's yeah it's used in the in the book to in the story to just personify um Horror uh, to to frighten children because they're afraid of clowns. So I get that, even though I don't personally think they're scary. But regardless, uh, so talk to me. Mm-hmm. Horror movies in general, I like them. No, you don't?
1: I do not. So you're that that's. I'm glad you brought that up actually, because I was wondering like, is our podcast just going to be like us agreeing on everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which most of the time that is how it's gonna be because we do agree on pretty much pretty much most things um but horror movies are something that we don't agree on yeah. i do not enjoy them mm-hmm. i do not watch them right but you do yes exactly. so you watch them when i'm not around mm-hmm. in or, general that's yeah true or i'll just entertain myself while you're watching one
0: yeah i think that's what happened with the witch right? yeah yeah you were on your ipad
1: which I did end up seeing most of that.
0: So good. So disturbing.
1: It was very interesting. I actually didn't, I don't know, maybe it's because I was just like thumbing through social media while watching it at the same time that I didn't like, I don't, it didn't freak me out. But um, I did think that that one was really interesting. Yeah. And I, I, every time I see a sheep now. The little sheep. black phillips. Who's a sorry, goat? A goat, sorry. You
0: got to separate those goats out from the sheep.
1: They have crazy eyes, yeah. anyways. Especially um,
0: well, yeah. Black especially filler, that one. I'll just say that. Yeah, that little tune Go goes through my witch. head whenever I so see good. a goat. Anyways, um, yeah, extremely disturbing horror. No, I think that definitely uh, the fact that you were doing something else while you were watching the movie affects how you watch that movie because that movie is a slow burn it is just crawling towards the impending doom <laughs> that is happening with this family so definitely if, if you're paying attention to social you know someone's like hey look at my cat jumping on a piano in the middle of like this really dark no i mean you do you do i'm not saying that all your social media is like that i'm just saying that um some social media is like i'm saying that that kills the mood your social media is usually more serious than that i'm sorry i'm sorry um yeah all that i'm saying is that you have to pay attention to that movie you have to really invest yourself in that movie because it's such a uh it's so suspenseful that if you break that suspense and you step away from it, it just does not have the same effect. Yeah. Anyways, great movie, um, but that's not actually what I wanted to talk about. But in general, um, yeah. Before I go down this road, I did want to ask about horror movies in general. So, um, like I said, I do enjoy them. I. Mm-hmm enjoy them a lot when i can watch them i don't watch very many of them simply because you don't like them so i and i have to find a specific time to watch them because obviously with young children i don't want to watch them around our kids <laughs> maybe our four month old she won't be scared <laughs> she won't even know what's going on right um no regardless so when we're thinking about horror mo- well not even just thinking about it i do want to think through i want to probe real quick as to our view of On horror movies in general. Because of course. Like, what do you mean? Well, of course, there are just simple preferences. And that's Mm -hmm. fine to just have preferences. I want to take it a little bit deeper. Why do you have these preferences? What is it about? Oh, like
1: why I don't like to watch it?
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to just say you don't like it. But I'm trying to get at why you don't like it.
1: Oh, And I know
0: you're arguing for a negative, which is a weird thing, but I'm just curious.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's a personal conviction because I tend to, they tend to actually like leave me scared Um, Mm -hmm. instead of just having a thrill while watching them. I tend to have nightmares and have trouble sleeping and I tend to be fearful after I watch them. And I don't find that beneficial for myself whatsoever Mm -hmm. or glorifying to God. So um, I choose not to watch them. I I have a personal conviction to not watch them. It's Mm -hmm. totally a Christian liberty thing. You know, if you enjoy watching them, you can handle that. Cool. Go for it. It's not for me.
0: Cool. Yeah. So I think think it's good um, to think through those things like you have done on this issue. And even though, honestly, sometimes it frustrates me because it's like, I just want to watch this stupid movie and I have to step back and be like, this is a stupid movie. I don't know why I'm so invested in it. Um, it it makes it a lot easier that you have explained that to me um, to realize like, okay, I can, sh- I can grow up and like just shut up and we can watch something else that's fine like it's not the end of the world if i can't enjoy this piece of media mm-hmm. it's 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 dumb to even make that an issue yeah. when you have like thought it out and expressed to me the reasons why you dislike mm-hmm. that genre in general
1: yeah so and i understand that you enjoy it and mm-hmm. i don't want to keep you from enjoying it mm-hmm. uh so like that time when you watched the witch, I literally sat right next to you while you watched it. And I was just on my phone the whole time. Like, like, so, you know, which really surprised me. Honestly, (laughs) I was,
0: I I figured you would have to be in compromise before. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of times that's what happens. Like if you're watching a scary movie, I'll just get on my iPad and like watch something on Netflix while you're watching Mm -hmm. a scary movie. And we're in the same room.
0: I can't think of any other movies you've done that with.
1: Uh-oh. Josie's Baby awake. girl woke up.
0: Oh ho ho, she got that little like puffy face cuz she just woke up. <laughs> that I just woke up face. I love it. Well, I love her face in general, so.
1: Her face is already puffy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's a chunk. So the other side of that, the reason I I brought this up as well, I mean, another reason I brought it up because I enjoy hearing what you have to say as well, uh, is just about it in general. So it it is a classic horror story at this point. I would say it's a classic. I think it was written in the 80s, something like that uh, by Stephen King. I since the new movie was coming out, I went and read the book over the past month and when I say read I mean listen to I I listen to a lot of audiobooks I do some reading as well but I generally um go through a lot more books via audiobook from the library which is pretty awesome highly recommend it um so I went through it it is a huge book it took me like a month maybe a little less to listen to all like 50 hours of it It it's crazy um I enjoyed the story. There were things that I really did not enjoy. There were, there were bits about it that I really <laughs> disliked, one scene in particular. Um, but overall, I thought the story was pretty good. But one thing about the story that uh, stuck out to me is it felt a lot like, and I haven't read very much of Stephen King's books But it felt like Stephen King was trying to be a little bit like H.P. Lovecraft, who is one of my favorite horror writers. I've read much more of his works. And one of the big themes in Lovecraft's work is um, this idea that there are these other dimensional type of almost like deities that people stumble upon and these deities are you know just these insanely powerful beings and they don't care at all about humanity and a lot of the horror of Lovecraft is how when you look upon a deity like that you basically go insane because you see the futility of your existence in the face of this completely uncaring, godlike being. And a lot of his stories are kind of based around that central theme. And one of the things that really sticks out to me about his work and why I enjoy his stories so much is kind of the opposite of the reason that he wrote the books. So. Um, what I like about him is that if you take his premise and you agree that in his the universe he builds that it's true, that there are these other dimensional beings, these deities that care nothing for humanity. If that were true, then I completely agree that it would be the most horrible and terrifying thing to actually understand that and to acknowledge that your existence is completely useless and superficial in light of <laughs> what is actually going on in the universe.
1: Sorry, you're like talking about all this horrible stuff, and Josie's just like Smiling. grinning from ear to ear while you're talking. <laughs> She's
0: like, Daddy's talking and looking my way. I love it. Um, anyways, the reason, the reason I love Lovecraft is because I agree that the terror and the horror that he puts into his stories is a horrible and terrible thing. But the reason I love that is because it shows how wonderful the God of the universe actually is, that there is a God who, instead of in his all-powerful character, instead of being uncaring and walking away from humanity. He actually descends into humanity in Jesus Christ. He actually becomes one of us and serves us who've turned away from him. And it shows, it kind of shows like what God could be, if that makes any sense. Hopefully that's not too blasphemous, but it's saying that God has every right to just do away with humanity because we're horrible we're broken but the actual god of the universe didn't do that and on top of that he actually loves us his enemies um which is a completely insane thing that would never show up in a lovecraft story and it to me it just shows even more so the amazing wonderful loving character of god when you see this picture of what would be a horrible, terrible thing. So anyways, that's kind of long-winded, and I apologize. But that's one of the reasons why I enjoy horror is because it, it shows what could be if that makes sense it shows more vividly kind of the brokenness of the world the evilness of sin and the depth of sin that humans and demonic forces can cause but i think that actually points to how wonderful our god truly is because things aren't that way if that makes sense that's not the case in every horror story, but I think that's one thing um that I enjoy a lot about lovecraft in particular, but in a lot of horror so talk to me what uh what what do you have on the docket um or do you have any thoughts on that?
1: No I mean, I think it's really cool that you can that that that's what those kind of stories make you think about
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's this idea i think that all things point to god in some way that because god has created all things that something about anything will point back to him whether it is um, more blatant you know how scripture talks about how the um, how creation itself tells us about God, and it's mm-hmm. pretty blatant, or whether it's kind of hidden like that, whether it's so twisted, it just brings out how broken we are. Mm-hmm. I think that also points to God because that's the story of humanity yeah. is that we're broken and that He fixes us. Josie's just being a happy little bean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sitting up in her bumbo on the table,
1: chunky little bean. <laughs> Her cheeks are so big that her eyes like almost disappear when she smiles. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of media, I uh, was listening to Happy Rant today because they dropped their new episode yesterday, but yesterday was Labor Day and we were hanging out with family and it was an awesome day. And so I didn't listen to it. Um, so I listened to a ton of podcasts today, oh, actually. um, That was one of them. And one of the things that they talked about uh, was... I think this article actually came out a while ago. Uh, But I guess it's just making the rounds a lot lately. Um, But uh, Kevin DeYoung's article about Christians watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. What was that? I don't know. It's just so popular i don't get it so
0: it deserved another voice yeah game of thrones
1: yeah anyways there's
0: thrones in this game
1: (laughs) Well, see it's like referenced in like every like a whole ton of other shows that's true that's true like it's it's big like people make fun of it all the time yeah um
0: therefore you need to have like a gangster voice or something
1: yeah yeah why why not yeah that's just who i am joshua og But <laughs> but yeah, the, I think what the title of the article was like, I don't understand, was it I don't understand why Christians watch Game of Thrones? Or I don't, or something like that. I'm totally butchering it. I posted it on my feed today, actually, and I don't even remember what it was called. But that's actually something that has been on my mind a lot lately. Because we know so many people who watch it, and well, just a ton of people watch it in general and we're a part of certain Facebook groups that tend to talk about it a lot um
0: certain Facebook groups <laughs> which will remain nameless <laughs> I don't know
1: but yeah and I I th- we we what like we watched the first episode yeah. or we got like 30 minutes into the first episode or something or did we, we finished it okay i don't remember i don't remember but yeah, like we watched one episode and we were like, yeah, never going back to that again. <laughs> yeah, because I had read the
0: books I've at this point. I was reading the books and so I wanted to watch the show and I I got into like the fourth or fifth book before I finally just stopped because I didn't care about the characters anymore because everyone I liked died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> The characters Spoilers. you enjoy in Game of Thrones are dead.
1: Dun dun dun. But Yeah, so we stopped watching it after that one episode because there was just so much nudity, nudity. And sex and it was just it was grotesque, Naked basically. It was just on disgusting screen. to be perfectly honest. Um and yeah i just don't understand why so many christians watch that show even if there's not as much nudity in it now like yeah there's still that's not an excuse but <laughs> well, we only saw nudity. the first season <laughs> like okay even if you even if you turn your face away when the nudity comes on screen like by still by watching it you're supporting what those actors are doing you're supporting what the director and producers wanted their message that whatever message they wanted to get across like i think i had read an article a while back uh i'm gonna have to find it so we can like reference it and, and show notes oh yeah we'll if, put them in the show notes um there we go but uh it was like the director himself basically calling himself a pervert and that he like this is like he wants to watch nudity so he's going to put it in his in his show and i was just like this is really gross like
0: so, so there there was um so, something that i had read is there was someone on set during one of the f- during filming of one of the episodes uh who was from, I don't, I don't know if it was the production company or something like that Oh, poor girl. Um, but there was someone on set, and he told, I don't know if it was the director or someone, or maybe it was the actress, um, but he was kind of directing, saying that, she had to get completely naked in front of the camera. And he said, he explicitly said, I am here on behalf of the perverts who watch the show. Yeah. Because this is what they want to see. Yeah, this is why they watch the show. Yeah. So we but want to give he them more. he wanted
1: to see it too.
0: I don't remember that, but...
1: I remember that part because I was like, this is really gross. Like, he's... <laughs> Not only is he standing up for the perverts, but he's calling himself one too. Um, and yeah, again, I'll have to find that article. But um, it's just, I mean, yeah, even if you turn your face away, like, you're still supporting the show itself by watching it.
0: You're saying that this is not enough. This exploitation of these actresses and actors is not enough to get me to stop watching the show is what you're saying. Um, You know, even support may be a gray area because you can say, oh, well, I'm just torrenting. I'm pirating it. So they they don't know, Um, even though they do check the stats on torrents. But regardless, it is saying, even in your own soul, you're saying this is not enough to get me to stop watching this because I'm so interested in what this story is that it does not matter to me that yeah. these people are being exploited on camera because right. it's so it's it's so easy to watch something on TV and um, imagine it imagine that those close up shots are all that there are when. There is actually an entire set there. I don't know if you've ever we, you've been to a, a movie set before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's actually a really awkward thing to watch That's a lot of people. things being filmed, yeah, because there's so many people in the room. So even though it looks like even take take a sex scene for example, even though it looks like this intimate moment, one, it's completely fake, it's all you know, everyone's acting. I say completely fake except for the bodies that are yeah, real nudity in is front real. of you
1: <laughs> even if it's fake sex it's and, still real nudity
0: and there are dozens of people watching it and dozens of people i mean dozens probably hundreds of people who are making money off of it yeah and even that story that you told just goes to show that the exploitation is the point mm-hmm. like they are doing that to make more money and so By watching it, I don't see how you get around the fact that you're saying, well, that doesn't offend me enough to stop the fact that they are openly exploiting people Mm -hmm. who uh, I don't know if it was any of the actors of that show in particular. But I have read articles by actresses who have been told that they can't make it in Hollywood without taking their clothes off. That's why I say that it's exploitation because it is taking advantage of in particular actresses
1: it's so gross
0: it, it, it it's yeah it's exploitative it's predatory so it's just difficult when you put all these things together for me to understand why you would say oh but the story
1: so oh, but what it's art
0: i well it's <laughs>
1: I don't know. That, that's I that's mean, not an argument. That's not an excuse. Like it's it's just not. And I mean, people try to throw up. Well, uh, well, what about violence? Like you're okay with violence, but you're not okay with sex. Like, well, first of all, the violence isn't real. The sex may not be real either, but the nudity is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that. That's the difference: is that one is real and one is not.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and sure, you can make the argument of even if it is simulated violence, it still desensitizes. And, and that may be, may be a valid criticism. I don't think that's true in every case. Um, right. Because I, I think most people would be able to tell an actual wounded person, if you saw one on the street, And feel differently. I know in my case, when I have driven by car accidents where you can actually see wounded people, it's affected me deep down where movies don't.
1: Oh yeah, it makes you feel nauseous.
0: I I think most people feel that as well. I think there's an argument that says that that there are some people who are desensitized to that though. And okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue against that, but I think at that point, it's more of a heart issue. It's more of an issue of empathy Mm -hmm. than um, an issue that it is actually sinful to simulate violence. I completely disagree with that where I, I would say that simulating sex for the purpose of titillation is sinful. Yeah. Always.
1: Always. Yeah. I don't see how you can sit there and say to yourself that you're glorifying God in that moment.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: That's why I don't get it.
0: Also, I mean, perhaps we need to we need to sit down with someone who who does watch the show and and talk to them about it because I don't see what the trade-off is. And and frankly, I I would like to assume that they just haven't thought these things through enough to actually kind of um, to kind of see that this level of exploitation that's happening in the show. Uh, because what what do you gain from watching the show? I get being involved in a TV show. I get really enjoying a uh, storyline and getting engrossed in the characters. I get all that, and so I'm not putting that down, but I'm saying at what cost? Because at the end of the day, you are not going to be any worse off because you didn't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. And that's something that our culture doesn't say. You know, our culture has it the other way around because they want to make money. <laughs> off of things like that. But I totally get it. You know, there's a thing uh, in the culture, the, getting on the hype train, right? You're getting hyped about something new that's coming out. You know, Star Wars is coming out in December. Get hyped. Watch all the two-second trailers that don't reveal much of anything. But if you look really closely, then you can see something. I, I totally get that. There is nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, except in your own heart if it creates greed um you know if it creates in a discontentment that's what's wrong is your heart but not necessarily the marketing itself that's altogether wrong mm-hmm. that's another that's a other conversation we don't have to go down that road um but i get that things are hyped up and things look very tantalizing um, and, and you want to be a part of what's happening right now. You want to engage in what the the rest of the culture is, and I totally get that, and that's cool, but To, also, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get that you would want that, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The issue is not even necessarily the issue, but the conclusion that I've come to as I've gotten older is that I am not going to be able to enjoy every piece of entertainment that i want to and i have to be okay with that like i really enjoy video games but i'm not going to be able to play every single video game there is or every single video game that i even want to play because some of them are insanely long and i have responsibilities and they come out so quickly that i'm never going to be able to play all the ones that i want to play and i have to be okay with that and if i'm not okay with that that says something about my heart Not that the media itself is bad, but that says something about my heart. And so what I'm saying, where I'm taking this is I think, especially as a Christian, that you have to come to that conclusion. Not that you have to agree with me, but you have to wrestle with that when you take a look at certain forms of media. And in this case, Game of Thrones, like what is it that you are losing if you don't watch this show i get that you can have discontentment i get that you're not that it, it can be frustrating even but is a little bit of frustration worth it to say that to put your foot down and say that this is wrong that what these filmmakers are doing is wrong that what the culture enjoys is wrong pornography is not acceptable and I'm sorry, I probably just triggered people by calling Game of Thrones pornography. I'm saying it contains pornography. Yeah, I'm not saying that Game definitely. of Thrones as a show is pornography. I'm yeah. saying it contains pornography because there is simulated sex happening and naked bodies on screen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's essentially softcore porn. Yeah. Um and and if if you watch it and are convinced that it doesn't affect you whatsoever then you're either lying to yourself or you're so desensitized that worse things that you have to watch worse things in order for it to like affect you which honestly says a lot like that's really sad
0: yeah i guess i hadn't thought about it that way I don't know that I would say it that strongly, but I totally get what you're saying. That it definitely does say something about you if you say that that form of softcore pornography is not a problem.
1: Yeah, that's something that they had pointed out in Happy Rant when I was listening to it. Uh, and I, and, yeah, and I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. like, Because I've heard people... Or I've seen people on social media basically being like, well, it doesn't affect me. Like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Okay. Well, either, either you're lying to yourself or, like, you're so desensitized.
0: Well, let me put it this way. Um, I, I can't... I can't argue against someone else's experience. So when someone, when I see someone on social media say that they do not experience lust when they see a naked body, I'm not gonna necessarily argue that. No, well, you are lusting. You just don't know it. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not. No, but argue you're putting yourself in
1: temptation's way.
0: Yes, you certainly are. But again, I don't want to exclude that some people just don't struggle with lust. They don't struggle with that when they see naked bodies. I'm not going to say that that's not a possibility. In my case, personally, that is certainly a possibility. And so I don't fully understand how someone else's experience can be different, but I'm not going to say that they're lying. Hmm. But I think to what you are saying, to your point you have to admit that it's wrong, that what's happening is actually wrong. Even if it doesn't affect you sinfully, you have to admit that people getting naked in front of a camera and simulating sex for the purpose of inciting lust in other people so that they can make money is wrong. And so when you... Are desensitized to the fact that what is happening in front of you is wrong, and you don't have an issue with it happening. I think that's where it says something about you. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we are specifically talking about lust. Now, that argument can be made about other things as well, right. but uh, like we said earlier, the the other issue is that with with nudity, it it isn't simulated. It's not a fake body. It is someone's actual body who should it's only be It's someone's
1: nakedness being uncovered. Yeah.
0: That should only be enjoyed by that person's spouse. Yeah. And so when it's put out there for other people's um
1: well, and, perverse enjoyment. Well, and also like if these actors and actresses are married or even if they're not married, like they are sinning with each other by being naked with each other. Yeah like before marriage or with someone else who's not their spouse yeah. just like i mean from from the beginning like in genesis you know god clothed adam and eve for a reason like (laughs) if we were meant to see each other's nakedness outside of marriage we wouldn't have been clothed when we when we sinned
0: yeah yeah it exposes our shame yeah and it ought to Mm-hmm. It ought to be shameful, and that's what you are saying. Yeah, is that if we don't see that as shameful, something's wrong, because we don't see it the way that that our nakedness actually right. reveals.
1: Because, and also, like, and this maybe this is really strong, but I feel like you are just you are spitting on God because he he made a sacrifice to clothe, to cover. Adam and Eve's sin. Mm -hmm. Like that was the first sacrifice in scripture. That was the first blood shed. Mm -hmm. And it matters. It's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that is strong. I agree. Um, What you're saying is strong.
1: I tend to speak strongly, I guess.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I don't know that I would put it in those words, but I would say that, yeah, you are denying... Or at least not acknowledging. Yeah, you're not acknowledging what had happened there.
1: If you're and offended by what I said, I'm sorry. You can send all the hate mail you want. I can take it.
0: Yeah. So talk to me podcast at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> or tweet at us, twitter.com slash so underscore talk to me. All right. So I'm sure everyone enjoyed our rant on Game of Thrones as if they haven't heard like a hundred others. Yeah. But I mean hopefully this was beneficial in some form. It's beneficial to me. I mean, I know where we stood, but like all these points are really sharp, I think. They really kind of cut, especially in my own heart.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it, it just it it just makes you think about what you're consuming, you know, whether yeah. whether it's Game of Thrones or not, you know. Right. Whatever you're watching, you know, keep keep in mind that at all times you're supposed to be glorifying god yeah and so if what you're doing if if you can't think about how it glorifies god then you probably shouldn't be doing it
0: yeah in in our and this is going to sound extreme but this was actually something that we kind of wrestled with together a few Not months to back say that
1: i'm good at doing that whatsoever i'm just mm-hmm. saying that that's what we should be doing yes
0: yeah exactly and <laughs> in, in What I was saying is that this is something that we, um, had kind of talked about months ago and we both came to the conclusions that we should not be hypocrites and just talk about one show this way. Like we shouldn't just talk about Game of Thrones this way. Um, but this should be kind of our standard, especially when we're watching TV. Yeah. So, so we are trying, we're trying our hardest not to watch shows with nudity or all.
1: movies, yeah, anything that has any nudity.
0: Yeah. And and I admit it's difficult and sometimes you just don't know, so then it pops up on screen and it like it well, is yeah, frustrating.
1: We we I mean lately we've done our research before we watch a movie yeah. to make sure that it doesn't have that before we watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a, d- just a disclaimer there for anyone who um would say that we're hypocritical for watching other shows we're trying not to be i'm not saying we're perfect but there is a sense in which we we, yeah we just want to glorify god and and we believe that it's dishonoring to him when we support those types of those forms of media and the reason I use that word is because there's so much other media. There's so many other shows and movies you can watch or books you can read and things you can consume um, that don't contain that. And its I also don't mean to, to set that up as a rigid standard. There are still some really good movies with some forms of nudity in them. So we're still wading through this, but man, it we were convicted. Yeah. And these and are the reasons own why. we
1: so many movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Got a ton. Having to go through them and <laughs> which ones do and don't. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that whole Game of Thrones conversation was prefaced with this article by Kevin DeYoung.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: speaking of that dude, he also wrote a book. Y. KDY. KDY. He wrote a number of books, and I actually recently, actually just today, finished up one of them, and that book is called Just Do Something, and it was short, and it was fantastic, actually. I really enjoyed it.
1: That's funny. That reminds me of uh, what Rob had told you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When you were asking whether you should go back to school or not, like whether that... Whether that would be something God wanted you to do, and He was like, "Well, just do it, and if it doesn't work out, then you know it wasn't his, wasn't meant to be." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. In so many words, yeah, that was that was his advice, uh, and that. It, so yeah, this was a couple weeks ago. I met with um, my pastor or pastor emeritus, mm-hmm. uh, someone I hold in extremely high regard, and he had lunch with me, which was awesome. And he was just so encouraging. It was it was such a good lunch. But, um, yeah, I, I was just asking for advice and for wisdom, and that was one of the things that he said. And then a couple of days later, I go on to Goodreads, and I see that one of my friends is reading this book about discerning God's will. So I'm like, oh, okay, I should probably check this out. And, um, yeah, the gist of the book, if you couldn't tell from the title, just do something, is basically um, how we find out what God's will for us is. But that's kind of a red herring because a lot of the book talks about... um, The the scripture has a lot of answers to questions of morality, so what is right and what is wrong, and what God says is right and wrong, and so it speaks a lot to the heart of your decisions. Um, But it is not a quote-unquote handbook for all of life. It does not tell you whether or not to move to a different city or who in particular you should marry or Um, what particular job that you should do, just that you should not sin in any of those things. So the book um, talks a lot about uh, moving forward and how um, it's actually kind of a modern thing to second guess all of your choices there's this idea that i was turned on to by actually a hardcore band they have an album called option paralysis and i looked up what that meant and it is actually when you have so many choices in front of you that you can't decide you're paralyzed by all of your options and i find myself in that uh in that camp a lot because there are so many things that i enjoy doing but That is a relatively new phenomenon because, say, um, in our grandparents' day during the Great Depression, they didn't necessarily have a choice of what work they wanted to pursue and whether or not they would be 100% fulfilled in their work. They just needed to make money to survive and to provide for their families, Um, and that is not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> there is nothing morally wrong with that. In fact, I would you say You don't have
1: to chase after a quote-unquote dream job. Right. Like, if you're... <laughs> If your family needs you to put food on the table, then just go out and get a freaking job.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot of these kinds of ideas. I would, I would highly recommend reading the book because it's such a short read. Uh, I think the audio book was like two and a half hours. Like it was pretty, and I usually listen on faster speed. So it was even shorter for me. I listened to it all in just a couple days. It was really quick, Um, but it was great. And, it, it helped me I mean we talked about it in the first episode too is that I'm generally a pretty laid back person and so um, I, I do fall into that sometimes when I just have um, multiple options and then the the modern notion of uh, FOMO a fear of missing out um, so sometimes that paralyzes me and I don't know what I should do and so I just end up doing nothing um, because I just continue to think about what I'm doing and that is not a good place to be and as i get older and have more responsibilities with being your husband and being a father to our children i you know i think um in order to be a better man and and a better leader for our family that i should lead with conviction and make decisions (laughs) not be so indecisive um i would say part of this even starting this podcast has to do with that as well it was definitely more so your idea than mine um, but the fact that we just kind of decided it and that day we recorded and put it out a couple days later um, is due in part to just these ideas of moving forward and if we find that it's not working out that we can use wisdom god-given wisdom as to whether or not we can weigh the pros and cons and that is how god reveals his will to us sometimes is by simply seeing that things are just not working out um so like you said earlier when we're talking about jobs like if you can't provide for your family you are in the wrong job i would say and you should be seeking how to do that better so yeah, th- another thing that it brought up I think along with those lines of wisdom is something that I have been um that I came across in a course that I'm taking through Dallas Theological Seminary about um the reliability of the scriptures and something that they brought up was this idea of special revelation and general revelation so god's special revelation is the bible itself and that talks about um, how we are to live in faith before God. So it talks Mm -hmm. about our spiritual life, but even the scriptures talk about general revelation. So even what I said earlier about how the heavens declare the glory of God and how creation itself testifies to who God is. And that's something that I've really been thinking a lot about lately, because I think even logic and wisdom fall into that camp, certainly there is a lot of wisdom in the scriptures. But I think there are things that we learn, say, for instance, archaeology, okay? The scripture doesn't really talk about archaeology very much. But if you study that, you see God's wisdom in that, Mm -hmm. like his revelation is through that as well and that is not a lesser form of revelation it doesn't reveal all of who god is it doesn't reveal the gospel it doesn't reveal who jesus is but it does reveal something about god and to say that it reveals that it is less of a revelation of god i think is wrong that it is just as revelatory about god just in a different way um and so I think coupled with that idea and this idea of like God-given wisdom and how he leads us simply by uh, making good decisions, by weighing pros and cons, that, that is a form of using what God has given us as well. It, even just logic, even understanding how to think in a logical way is only by the grace of God mm-hmm. and God reveals things to us by simple logic. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but if you think of it as a form of general revelation, it becomes so much more than just like, you know, we take for granted that logic in general, we take that for granted. Everyone mm-hmm. takes that for granted because <laughs> yeah. otherwise you can't think properly <laughs> unless, unless you're insane, unless you literally have mental issues that you're working through and you mm-hmm. can't think logically. Everyone takes for granted that logic is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and logic is only true because of the creator God right. who works in logic. And so it is, therefore, a form of revelation of the character of God himself, which is so cool. So I've I've kind of had just like all these thoughts bubbling up and, and it's awesome how they kind of connect that God reveals himself through wisdom. Yeah. And Proverbs says that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, even wisdom that is outside, that is found outside of the scriptures testifies to who God is and I would say is also a form of revelation of who he is anyways that's cool as long-winded i didn't let you talk at all
1: oh well i was sort of distracted with a baby for like half of that so i'm
0: sorry you were distracted (laughs) no i'm just kidding
1: well like i listened to the sheologians the new sheologians episode today and they were talking about the the phrase god told me which is one of my pet peeves I really love words, so when people use words in the wrong way, or to say something that doesn't actually mean, it bugs me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Like the phrase, God told me, it really bugs me. Or also, oh, telling telling God that he's welcome in this place, or something like that's (laughs) a big pet peeve of mine, because... You're welcome. First, <laughs> yes, first of all, God is omnipresent, so yeah, he's already there, homie. Okay. Um,
0: I'm I'm gonna push back a little bit on that. He doesn't
1: need to be welcomed. Like he's God. He doesn't need to be welcomed into a place in order to be there.
0: I I agree. He doesn't need to be welcomed, but I think saying that he's welcome says some says something more about us than it does about God, that we are welcoming him. Okay, well then it's just a very
1: vague phrase that needs to be clarified.
0: Yes, and that is what I'm pushing back against. Yeah, I think you don't have as much of an issue with saying that God is welcome. I think you have an issue with saying that we give God permission.
1: Yes, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yes. I know. (laughs) Or telling the Holy Spirit to rain down like that. Just... Commanding God to do things really, really bugs me because he's God. Yeah. And we are finite little tiny creatures that can't command God to do anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's generally not a good idea. <laughs> now, we can boldly come before the throne with confidence, yeah. but commanding God to do things. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Just generally saying things. That misrepresent the Holy Spirit in general, which is super common. Like I, I've realized that a lot lately, like especially in worship songs. Um which this is a topic that I could talk about for a long time, but I won't. <laughs> Not right now, anyways. <laughs> um just really vague lyrics that just are not good theologically and yes i'm talking about you Hillsong and bethel i'm just gonna throw that out there because i cannot stand not that all of their songs are horrible but there's just so many other better musicians out there that have great lyrics that have great theology like i don't know why wade through all the bones just to pick off some of the meat when you can have all meat
0: Mm, meat (laughs) like a nice slab of brisket yeah yeah
1: Yeah. anyways sorry that was really random
0: no that's okay you just followed that rabbit down its trail (laughs) jumped into the hole and now we're in wonderland
1: pretty much i do that i tend to do that a lot
0: oh oh don't we all <laughs> that's how this podcast exists <laughs> because we talk about random things.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. Oh, where where did that start? You were talking about
1: God. Told worship me. songs
0: and words. God told me mm-hmm. that's what it was.
1: Yeah. Well, that one really bugs me because people use it so flippantly, and most of the time they don't mean that they heard an audible voice. Right. tell them something. Mm-hmm. But, again, that's just a really vague phrase that really needs to be clarified. And on some people do mean that they, <laughs> that they heard an audible voice <laughs> when they say that. And so, yeah, it just really needs to be clarified. So I just don't like the phrase in general because it's really vague and could mean different things and could mean heresy, basically.
0: Yeah, and I think... Like I had said earlier, it's it's difficult to argue with someone's experience. Say if they experience something, like there's nothing that you can really say to say, oh, well, that experience didn't happen because they're not basing what they're saying on fact. They're basing on their own um, perception mm-hmm. of an event. So it's really difficult when you say God told me something to actually like weigh that and see if it was true or not. Because you don't want to say, oh, you're a liar. (laughs) You know, what you just told me is a lie. But certainly their perception could have been wrong. Uh, That's actually something that that he mentioned, that Kevin DeYoung mentions, KDY mentions (laughs) in Just Do Something also, is the way that God reveals himself.
1: Through scripture.
0: Through scripture and, and through other people's advice and through wisdom.
1: That come from scripture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's rooted and grounded in scripture, yeah. certainly. But again, like the idea of general revelation and of wisdom, it starts with the fear of the Lord.
1: Yeah. Also, the phrase, um, be still and let God talk to you. That one really bugs me as well because then because that's also a really vague phrase that needs to be clarified like are you telling people um to wait and hear an audible voice or are you like it sets it up like if you're telling someone to be quiet so they can hear from god essentially you are saying like don't make any noise so you can hear his voice like it's just really like needs to be clarified and again, I know some people don't really mean it that way, but that's how it can come off. Well, yeah, because I think
0: there's something to be said about taking away distractions so you can uh, actually focus on God and what he has said in his word and focus on how to apply that to your current circumstance. Right, but
1: I don't think it that you should empty your mind. Like, that. that's mm-hmm. not well, something that...
0: <laughs> No, I agree you shouldn't empty your mind, but if you say say that I'm, – I'm trying to think of the circumstance where that would be said. If that was said to you in a church service, mm-hmm. you ought to not be focused on, okay, what are we going to do after church? Um, well, we need to go get lunch, but we don't have any baloney in the fridge, so we'll have to go by the store. But the store sucks on Sunday afternoons because everyone goes. Like, if you're thinking right. about those things, you ought to – stop thinking about those things but there's such a better way to say it like like
1: like stop and like be with your like pray to your savior right now you know have like a Mm -hmm. personal prayer with your savior right now instead of saying you know like be still and listen to the lord be
0: still and know that i'm god like because that's scripture
1: right but he's god isn't saying to Empty out your mind.
0: I, I agree. I agree. But he is saying be still.
1: Yeah. Focus on him is yes, what he's saying.
0: Exactly. Yes. Focus on him. But I say exactly of, a lot. I'm sorry.
1: But because there's a big movement right now in with contemplative prayer, it's a big issue that needs to be clarified.
0: Yeah. So you're saying it's dangerous. It is dangerous. I agree yes. that it's dangerous. I just think there is a way in which you can take that that is profitable. Is what there, I'm saying.
1: There is, but again, like it needs to be clarified yeah. because it could mean something else that's mm-hmm. very dangerous. And if you hear someone say that, you don't know if they mean it in the dangerous way or if they don't.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, if if you're thinking about the intent of the person saying it, yes. I I tend to try and think charitably when i can and so i take it to mean something like that but i agree it's it's it can be a dangerous thing to say because people don't because other people may take that to mean stop thinking about anything and see if you can hear god say something to you right now yeah and that that yeah that's dangerous because then people assume that their hunch was god telling them something Mm -hmm. that's not always the case
1: yeah, so sorry. We're just talking about my pet peeves right now, <laughs> basically. So, yeah.
0: That's okay. I think I think they were good. Uh, part of me wishes we could spend more time on all of them.
1: Yeah, um, maybe we can do that in another episode.
0: Yeah, episode three, pet peeves. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That would be a, a downer of an episode. Man, oh, man. I was, don't
1: like it when you do this. I'm just kidding.
0: Was this one an upper I don't know because there was all that Game of Thrones stuff and was that <laughs> that might have been downer.
1: Yeah, Josie doesn't like it. She says no. Josie says no.
0: Alright, well do you have any recos?
1: Ooh, um I mean I know I referenced a couple of podcasts. Uh so those won't be my recos, even though I do recommend them. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I uh, I recommend listening to sermons during the day. It's pretty awesome. Kind of keeps you keeps you thinking, keeps you in the Word. Um, like for instance, I was listening to uh, Vodibaca today i like him a lot i just like the way he talks (laughs) he's so passionate and he has that like deep booming voice
0: it's pretty awesome yeah he has a great voice i do not have that deep booming (laughs) voice
1: (laughs) but i really like listening to him uh i don't know maybe it's because i tend to get really passionate about things and so does he so i guess i can relate to him more him and paul washer I know I know that they can both be like really harsh on some things. <laughs> but uh I, I really appreciate their passion.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. My reco would be um the YouTube show The Dividing Line. Ooh, it's by yeah. James White. He can who, also get
1: pretty passionate. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, he can. He's a funny
1: He's also Funny really man. sarcastic, which I love.
0: Yeah. Uh, but such a smart dude. It's, man, it's awesome. I've learned so much from him. Um, and I find that he's generally gracious. If you understand, so so it's called The Dividing Line. He's a Christian theologian. He's an elder at his church. And he does a lot of speaking, writes a bunch of books. So, the title is the dividing line. He often tackles subjects in the Christian world today where um, Christians are divided, where the dividing line is of being <laughs> right and wrong, um, and following God's truth. And so, it does seem like he's very combative. Is that the right word? Um, but that, but you have to understand that that's the point of the program is to be able to discern truth from error so he's not doing it just to hate on people um there are plenty of places you can see that on the internet and that form of discourse is very different than what he does he picks apart arguments he doesn't do um personal attacks uh so anyways a lot
1: of people do personal attacks on him though yeah (laughs) Yeah. and but then he turns it around and it's like He doesn't personally attack the other person. He just lets you hear the other person. Yeah. And it's just not good for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So James White, the dividing line, his ministry is called Alpha and Omega Ministries. Um, One thing in particular uh, I thought was super cool is that right after we recorded our last podcast, he um, dropped an episode where he talks about the Nashville Statement that we mentioned and he makes some of the same points that i did so i felt super cool
1: that's funny because that when i agree. listened to the dividing line like they had mentioned a couple things that i had said that's yeah awesome <laughs> i love
0: it makes me feel cool that i agree <laughs> I did with someone cool. <laughs> who's so much smarter than i am yeah um but he is much more thorough in going through the Nashville statement so if you want a thorough kind of look at the pros and cons of the statement cuz he is honest about things that could be clearer um yeah go listen to to that episode check it out on YouTube he's he's got his website is a o m i n .org alpha and omega ministries uh, yeah that's my reco good stuff check it out all right okay this has been this has been really fun I yeah, enjoy it I like and, talking to you yeah I like talking to you <laughs> um, if you do want to contact us for any reason if you have any questions or <laughs> have things you want us to talk about any pet peeves that you have um, I would mentioned it earlier in the podcast but our email address is sotalktomepodcast at gmail.com and on twitter um, it is at so underscore talk to me Alright, till next time. Bye. Really need you. Yo Stacy! Talk to me tongue to me tongue to me, baby. Yo Stacy!
1: Talk to me tongue to me tongue to me, baby!